Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Today, I'm going to do flip-flop a little bit because typically I will share and then we'll have a testimony. But today, we're going to have the testimony and then I will get up after that. And when I'm done, then I will appoint a minister at every table to lead you in prayer. And you can present your request to the Lord and it's just going to be wonderful. Uh, I know some of you have just come to hear the testimony today. And if that's the case... Great. If not, please sit at the round tables. And so let's pray, and then I'm going to introduce our speaker, okay? Lord, I thank you. You are the God of all flesh. There is nothing too difficult for you. And I thank you that you are the God of love, and your perfect love cast out fear. I ask you today, Lord, to release angelic host to uphold and minister to everybody in my hearing. I ask you that the presence of the Prince of Peace would reign and overflow, and that every heart will leave touched in the way that the comforter and the counselor and the helper, the spirit of truth, wills. I pray for changed and permanent lives today. And I ask you, Lord, that because you've anointed us and appointed us to bring forth fruit that remains, that you would be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for your precious blood. Amen. So, two weeks ago, um, okay, what is this? Why do I have a folder? So, two weeks ago, Cindy Godwin contacted me and said that, she said, I want you to talk to someone, and, and her name's Andrea Rodriguez, and she said she has a really powerful testimony. I think you will enjoy it, and I think that you might want to have her come share. So I did. We connected and she was very responsible. She got back to me right away and came to my house. We had a lovely time, lovely visit. And when I heard her testimony, I shared something with her, which I will tell you about after she shares. And it was absolutely a divine electrical connection. And so I want Andrea to come up here. She's just beautiful, lovely, just gorgeous. And she has a full-time job. She works for WOAI and KABB. And, but she took time off today to share with you. And I think she's going to be doing this a lot more. So she's only shared this at a retreat. So this is fresh off the press. But first fruits are good fruits. And so pay attention. It's going to make a difference. Thank you. So I feel really honored and privileged to be here with you all today. Um, like Sandy said, this will be my first time actually sharing this testimony or, or doing this. And, you know, we're talking at the table and it's funny how God changes you, right? He changes the direction of your life and you have a plan for your life and it doesn't always go the way that you want it to go. <laughs> That's kind of a big part of my testimony is, you know, I always thought growing up, I was, oh, I was going to be the, the person with the, the house and the white picket fence and, you know, 2.5 children and a dog, right, named, named Spot. Um, but that's just not the direction that my life went. So today I'm going to talk to you guys about a couple things. But first, the first thing I want to talk to you about is fear. And so in the Bible, it says over 365 times, do not be afraid or do not fear. So God really wants us to know, hey, let's 
not be afraid, right? There's no reason to be afraid. And then also I'm gonna share my story, and I hope that it changes some people today, about not living a victim mentality and how to overcome that. So I'll start off by saying that the first time I think I've ever felt the grace of God in my life, I didn't have a relationship with, with Christ yet. I was, I mean, I was going to heaven. Like, I, believe, you know, I knew who Jesus was. Like, I wasn't afraid of that. I was going to heaven. I'd been raised in church, but I didn't, didn't have a relationship at the time. And um, it was when my daughter was born. I was not coming here yet. I've been coming here for a very, very long time, though. But uh, she was born a blue baby. I don't know if you know what that is. But they, when she was born, she was super gray. I said she looks a little gray, and everybody left the room. The doctors, the nurses, uh, my husband husband at the time, with the baby, I was literally in that room by myself. They sent my mother in to come in and be with me, which is not the person you want to send in in situations. She's a very emotional person, right? So, you know, she's been crying and her face is all swollen. And and then finally the nurse came in after what seemed like forever. And she was telling me, well, we couldn't find any veins in her feet or in her hands. So when you see her, she is in the ICU um, and she has a vein in her, she has an IV in her head when you see her. So don't be alarmed. And I said, okay. And I said, but she's going to be okay, right? And the nurse said, well, it's still too early to tell. So as a new mother, this is my firstborn. As a new mother, I should have been afraid. I should have been hysterical. I should have been fearful. But that was the first time I think I've ever felt the presence of God in my life or the first time I can remember that because I was unnaturally calm. I was like, oh, no, she's going to be fine. Like I said, I didn't have a relationship at the time, so I really didn't know what that was looking back in hindsight I know what that was. That was the spirit of God letting me know, hey, I've got this. I'm here. I've got you. So fast forward to a very drawn out and not pleasant divorce. That's a conversation for a whole nother, whole nother time. <laughs> we can spend some time just on that. Um, but I left a marriage where I had everything. My kids had things they didn't even know they wanted right before they wanted it. And I lived a very, very blessed life. I lived right across the street in Summer Glen. You know, had my big house, had my kids. But I was in a, a situation I shouldn't have been in. So that marriage ended. And um, I went from having everything that I ever wanted financially to literally sitting at Whataburger <laughs> thinking everybody in this Whataburger probably has more money in their back pocket than I do in my bank account. And... Those are the moments, right? When, and not only that, if it was just me, that would be one thing. But then I have four eyes, my two kids at the time. Uh, they weren't little. I mean, my, do- my son was f- uh, 16. My daughter was 12. My, 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 I'm sorry. My son was 12. My daughter was 16 at the time. So if it was just me, it'd be one thing. But when you have four little eyes looking at you like, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> where are we going? Um, that's where all you can do is look up and say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're doing. But we're in a storm. And what do we know about a storm? A storm ends, right? You guys, I'm going to tell you, I don't know who needs to hear this, but I've, I've been you. <laughs> okay? If you're going through it, if you're going through something, I know what that feels like. I know it feels like a mountain. I know it feels like it's never going to end. The rain's never going to stop. And all you can do is say, all right, God, what are we doing now? 
And I would tell my kids all the time. And the thing is, when I would tell them, I would, I believed it. But it's that belief that's like, I'm believing you. I'm believing this. I'm believing this. I'm hoping it's going to happen. I'm not going to have any doubt because I'm believing in you, God. But when you have to say, okay, there's, there's nothing I can really do here. He's going to figure it out. And I would tell my kids, wow, this is a big storm. Our blessing's coming. Our, our blessing is going to be huge because this storm is so big. And, you know, fast forward, my, my life's been very blessed, unusually blessed, blessed more than I deserve. And I live a very, very good life now. My kids are made whole. I have two, my, my daughter is now married, and I have two beautiful grandchildren who, if you don't have any, I highly recommend you get some. <laughs> they are the best and things you will ever have in your life. Um, my kids are like, Mom, my, my, my kids tell me now, they're like, Mom, do you, like, you love the you know, grandbabies more than us? I'm like, don't ask questions. You don't want to know the answers. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If my kids, uh, no, I'm joking. I love my kids to death. They're kidding. They're my world. They're my battle buddies. They've been through it with me, you know? But what I'm telling you guys is that it's okay when you're going through the storm to feel the storm. That's part of it, right? Um, it's, you know, it says in the Bible that my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. It's in those times when you're the most vulnerable and you're feeling the most weak that God's doing something miraculous in your life. And it may be really, really hard to see at the time because I know when you're in it, it feels like it's not going to end. And eventually it does. And eventually things happen and things get better. So fast forward again. This is really the testimony I'm here to share with you today, despite that other stuff. Um, I was dating somebody. Remember, I've been divorced. Okay, don't judge me. So I was dating somebody for a little over a year. And I said, you know, this isn't, this isn't what I see in my future. He drank more than I would have liked. And I said, I've done this before. I, I know this. This isn't what I want in my life. So I was ending the relationship. And... Um, this is somebody that you would think was successful in all accounts, right? If you looked on the outside, that guy's got his stuff together. He's on the cover of Hunter's Trophy magazines for, you know, killing the biggest trophy bucks. He lived a very privileged life, um, a very successful person. And so when I was ending the relationship, he went, I had been watching the Olympics and woke up and he had been drinking and was drunk. And I said, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, I'm going to go. I was going to call an Uber to come take me home. Obviously, he couldn't take me home. And he went to his truck, and he went and got his gun. He came inside, and he said, you're done, right? This is it. You're done. And he put the gun to my head with my head being pressed up against the barrel of the gun with his finger on the trigger. And he would always say, you never put your finger on the trigger. What? Unless you're going to pull it, right? <laughs> this is somebody, like I said, he knew about guns. Um, and so, again, for whatever reason, kind of like what happened with my daughter when she was born, right? For whatever reason, I, did, I wasn't afraid. I got angry. And I think, too, after everything I've been through, like, really? Really? Seriously? After everything that I've gone through, now you're going to put a gun to my head? Nah. And I said, are you kidding me? You're going to put a gun to my head right now? Are you kidding me? And I may have used some words that Sandy said I can't talk, I can't use today. So we're not going to say those, those things. But that was my response. And he took a step back. 
um, he put the gun under his chin and he ended his life in front of me. Mm -hmm. So a couple things, right? First of all, I will tell you, y'all, I'm here to tell you right now, there is a real battle over your soul between good and evil. It is not made up. It's not an idea. It is a real battle. Nobody can ever tell me, ever, that that room was not full. That room was shoulder to shoulder full when that happened. It felt crowded. And there was a, there was a presence of good, and there was also a presence of evil in that room. And I could feel it. I knew my angels were there. I knew that they were protecting me. I knew that God's grace, the blood of Jesus Christ that I prayed, right? I pray over me and my kids all the time. It was so evident and so real that nobody can ever tell me anything different. And at the moment he took his life, I had never felt so alone in my life. So think about being in a room that's completely, you're at a concert or whatever, completely crowded to crowded, crowded, right? Just, you can't move. And then all in an instant, boom, you're completely by yourself. Poof, everything's gone. That's what it felt like. And I, I hate to use the word privilege in such a tragic and horrific incident because it was tragic and it was horrific and nobody should ever have to see that. But in a way, I must feel privileged to have experienced spiritual warfare in a way that I don't think a lot of people will ever experience it. But again, it's in those dark times, right? You have to, you can't get, how many of you have ever tried working out, going to the gym, working out, doing whatever, right? It, it, you have to, you're breaking down your muscles so you can get stronger. That's what working out is. And so the only way you can grow and you can get stronger is when you go through those things. So I called work and I took a day off work. Um, and I, I, I told one of my, my, my coworkers, I said, hey, this is what happened. I'll be back to work tomorrow. Let the team know what happened and let them know I don't want to talk about it when I get back to the office. Okay. So I got back to the office and um, they sent me to HR. <laughs> and they said, you know, we really feel like you should take some time off work. And I said, why? So I can sit at home and think about it? See, I had a choice to make, Right. I could curl up in a ball and I could feel bad for myself because I, was I victimized? Oh yeah, I was victimized. I experienced something horrific and tragic that most people should not ever have to experience. I was victimized. And what I, what I understand now in, in talking to women and, and in sharing this, my story is I feel like most people have been victimized at some level in their life. Maybe not to this level, but something that was not just, that, that they didn't do or that caused them to, to look back and think that wasn't right or that happened to me. But I told HR, I said, you know, I'm strong in my faith. And I know that I'm here for a reason. I know that I'm still here because statistically I shouldn't be here. Right? Statistically, he should have ended my life and then ended his. But he didn't. And so I'm not going to choose to live my life as a victim. I'm going to choose to live my life as a testimony to the God that saved me. Right? Now, if I curled up in a ball and just stopped living my life, now the enemy's taken two lives instead of taking one. And that's not an option for me. So this has been something that has been on my heart for a while. And I can feel, remember I told you right now, all that stuff I went through, and I'm in a good place. <laughs> remember I told you at the beginning of this? And I can hear God talking to me and telling me, open your mouth, open your mouth. 
I've given you these testimonies and you're supposed to be sharing them. Open your mouth. And I haven't been wanting to do this. I haven't want, been wanting to, to talk about my testimony. Because I also know what happens when you start speaking out for the Lord. You know, I'm going to come up against some battle and I'm like, Lord, I did that already. <laughs> did that. We got through that, remember? But I know that the Lord's telling me to open my mouth. And the reason I think I'm, I'm supposed to do that is not to, to sit here and just talk to you about, oh, my strength, but to talk to you about my weakness and about your weakness. It doesn't mean that I was completely healed after all of that happened. Yes, I, I put my faith just like I did when I was going through the, the storm after my divorce and I put my faith in God. It doesn't mean, I, it doesn't mean everything got better automatically. It didn't mean that everything went away. It meant that I was going through it. And even today, I'm, I'm great. I'm good. I'm blessed. Thank you that I'm here. Thank you that I got to meet my grandchildren. My grandchildren are three and one. Could you imagine if I never got to meet them? Because this happened five years ago. So I feel so privileged and honored to still be here today. But what I'm here to tell you, too, is if you're going through something, you're going through something for a reason. You're going through something because it's making you stronger. Or you're going through something for your testimony to help somebody else in the room. One cool thing about, well, I don't say cool thing about being a victim, right, or being victimized. One cool thing about going through struggles in your life is it makes you not afraid of anything. So remember how I talked to you about fear, right? And, I mean, come on, right? My daughter, she, she didn't have a great start when she, was, when she was born. Medical thing comes up against me. We've done that before. God, God's already shown me that. We've already fought that battle. I know, he can, I know what he can do. I'm not afraid of that. Finances? Psh, I know how to live on $25 a week I did, or a month. I did that. I know how to make $25 stretch. I've done that. I'm not in that position now, but if... I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of going back there. Doesn't No fear. Because God has shown me he's bigger than that. He can, he can get me through that again. He's gotten me through it before. I was at the barrel. You know, I, I, my head was at the, at the end of a suicidal man with his finger on the trigger. No weapon formed by man shall prosper against me. That has a whole new meaning in my life, literally. I'm not afraid of it. What, what, what do I have to be afraid of? My Lord has shown me that he is bigger than anything I'm ever going to come up against. And what I'm telling you is he's bigger than anything you might come up against too. And he may have a path that's different than what you thought it was going to be, but it's going to be good. He says, my plans for you are good. And so that is my testimony today. I really truly hope that it inspires somebody or, or helps somebody. If you guys want to chat with me afterwards, just let me know. All right. <laughs> So right after this happened, um, I, I correlate it to there's natural human response. Remember how I told you just because you say, oh, God saved me, it doesn't mean that, woo, I'm, I'm, I'm good. No, 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 no. I still was going through something. They called it PTSD, right? And that's a natural response to something that happens to you. It doesn't mean I'm not strong in my faith. It doesn't mean that I am weak. It doesn't mean that I'm... I'm, I'm broken. No, it means I'm going through a very, very natural response to a tragic event that happened in my life. I correlate it to, remember I told you I lived out here in Summer Glen. I don't know if anybody lives, if you, if you live in this area. But the deer, they come up to your front lawn and they just eat your, your, your plants. They don't care. Like you're driving home 
and they kind of look at your car like, oh, you're out late, and they continue to eat your plants. They, they don't run. They think you plant those bushes for them. And so that was how I was living my life. But a deer in the wild, they hear a twig crack, and they're gone, right? Because their experiences are different. And so I correlated to, I went from living as a deer in my neighborhood to living as a deer in the wild, where my senses were heightened. Everything was, right, on alert. But that's not because I didn't have faith. It's not because I didn't know my God could save me. It's because it's a natural human response to something tragic that happened in my life. But at the same time, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. If you've ever been going through something and you look okay, right? You look fine. I mean, it wasn't hurt. There's no scratches on me. There was no, there was no physical confrontation. I looked okay. And then I would meet somebody and they're talking to me. And, and I'm looking at them. I'm talking, smiling, and I'm thinking, how do you not see what happened? How do you not see what happened to me? How can you not see this struggle that I'm going through? How can you not see this battle that I'm going through? How, can, how do you not know of the, the, the thing that's going on inside me? And they, they don't. There, there's nobody that they could. But I was reaching out. I was reaching out to people and, and just, hey, I need some clarification over this. I need some clarification over my feelings. And one of the people I reached out to, he trained SWAT. He was a good friend of mine. And I, actually, I said good friend of mine. I hadn't talked to him in years, 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 years. But again, I was reaching for straws. And so I called him and said, hey, this happened to me. And, you know, after the initial shock, I said, um, I don't know how y'all do it. And he said, you know, you know, Andrea, it's not that we train for this, right? And it's different than what we do because we don't know the people that, that we see that, that are harmed. And you did. And that's not something that you should have to go through or regular people that are in, in SWAT or whatever should have to go to because it's not something you signed up for. And after I told him the story, he said, you know, the way that you responded to that probably saved your life because had you responded with any sense of fear you would probably not be here right now had you said oh no please don't you probably would not be here right now because somebody in that state of mind and somebody who's obviously an also an avid hunter right this is something that is I'm not saying that he was wanting to harm me necessarily. Obviously, he was. But um, had I shown even a little bit amount of fear, he said, you probably wouldn't be here today. And, y'all, that's not me. I'm not up here. Now, yes, I think it's hilarious that God put a warrior spirit in me. Like, I'm five feet tall, you know, so a female. Like, I'm not that he would put this warrior spirit in me like now I'm going to battle. But now I do. Now I'm like, oh, what else you got? You know, I got. I can take on anything at this point. But... The, the thing of that fear, it's not that I made a conscious decision that, oh, I'm not going to be afraid. It's just something that came over me. And that something that came over me was the spirit. So if you're going through something right now, I don't know if your daughter's going through something, if your son's going through something, whatever it is, that's life, guys. It's just called life. And when you're going through something, just know that you're not alone. You're not alone. Right, those angels that he says, I'm going to send angels so you don't even stub your, your, your foot on a rock. Like those angels are, are there. God is surrounding us. Continue to play the, the blood of Jesus Christ over you and your family and your children and keep you protected. Because no, there is a battle going on right now. 
And right, if, if you're going through something, the last thing you want to hear is about the, the spiritual battle. Okay, yeah, 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 I've got to get through this. Yes, 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 I'll get to that. I'll get to the whole blood of Jesus Christ and my spiritual journey, and I'll get through that. But right now, I've got to pay my bills, right? Right now, I've got to get my child through this thing that they're going through. Right now, I need to get my head right. I'll, go, I'll, I'll deal with my spiritual stuff later. The spiritual stuff is what's going to get you through it. And those times when that's all you have is to look up, look up to God and say, okay, there is no reason that I should be here. There's no reason I should have survived that attack. There's no reason that I should be in a position in my life uh, financially that I'm in now. It's nothing that I've done. That's nothing that I, I've just tried to be a good steward and, and do the things that God tells me to do, but it's nothing that I've done. It's all him. And sometimes you have to be at the bottom so that your testimony is there is no way that this was something I did. The only way that I w would be able to accomplish this is through God. So if you're going through something or a child's going through something or somebody you care about is going through something, don't let them put off the spiritual part. The spiritual part's what's going to get you through the storm. And that's all. Thank you guys for your time. Good job, Andrea. Thank you. Okay, so um, just a disclosure. I do not eat at Whataburger. I do want you to know that. Uh, they just don't have my vegetables. But I happened to be there yesterday because I took the, to um, my oldest grandson and granddaughter and my youngest granddaughter, and I ended up with ketchup in my purse. But when you were speaking... I sense the Holy Spirit saying, no more Whataburger, and you get a double portion. <laughs> so there you are. Thank so, you. So uh, why don't you sit down here in case I need you? Okay. Why don't you sit right there for me? All right. So I'm going to be continued of this story. So she's telling the story. And those of you who have been with me a long time, which, you know, as many of you, have heard me many, many, many times tell the story of my very, very dear friend, Margie Palm. How many of you, Christy, I know you know Margie, and, and how many of you know her personally? I know you do, Christy and Pam, okay. And you've heard me tell her story, and um, before long you'll be able to actually read it. But in the 1980s, Margie was abducted by a serial killer rapist who was on the FBI most wanted list. I think the 10 most wanted list. And he had murdered and raped, I think, over 20 women. The night before he abducted her, he had cold blood murdered a woman in the parking lot of Maggie's. She was a server that was leaving her shift and just, pow, cold blood, no reason, murdered her. And so he abducted my dear friend. And her testimony, so when Andrea was telling me her testimony, I'm thinking of Margie. And the reason why is because, as she said, now, I mean, if I don't know about you, but I've never had the barrel of a gun pointed right at my head, in my brain. But she sat at my house and said, I had no fear. So it was a, an all-day siege between... Margie and Stephen Peter Moran, a lot of you have been texting me, what's his name again, and what's her name? I mean, she did her testimony on James Dobson years ago after it happened. And, and it's, it's a pretty remarkable story. 
And she witnessed and witnessed and witnessed to him the whole day. Told him about Jesus the whole day. And he actually listened. At the end of the day, he gave his life to Christ. And he was in prison and given capital punishment. This isn't a story about capital punishment. Whether or not you agree with it, I don't care. It is the law in Texas. And prior to his demise, Margie went to see him. And he looked at her, and the, throughout the day, by the way, throughout the siege, he kept saying, why aren't you afraid? Why aren't you afraid? Why aren't you afraid? Because she was just cool. And she said at one point, he let her call her husband, and she, feel, she felt fear try to attach itself. I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. And, but she went to see him in prison, and he said to her, Margie, do you know why I didn't kill you? And, of course, the natural response of any believer, I think, would be because the Lord protected me or the powerful angels that Andrea just mentioned. I, th I think it's significant that she felt the room full. It was just her and this guy. And, by the way, as she said, he was a renowned hunter. And if I recall, didn't the SWAT officer say, I mean, it was the thrill of the hunt. And the same with Stephen Peter Moran. It was the thrill of the hunt. And I'm not a hunter, never have been, never will be. But obviously the prey is afraid. That's why deer hunters at least hide up in a thing, Doug. I don't know what it's called. So that the, the deer don't know what's coming. Because if they see you, what are they going to do? They're going to run from you. And so... When she said, well, the Lord protected me, and his response was no. It's because you were not afraid. Every woman I abducted was so afraid she would let me do whatever I wanted, but you had no fear. Same with Andrea. The SWAT officer, had you shown fear, you probably would have been killed. Because you see, now listen, this is what I want you to hear today. And at your prayer groups, this is what I want you to pray about. Any ounce of fear. We are in a season now where I believe that for those of us who embrace the kingdom of heaven, and if you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the kingdom of God is in you, and you are in the kingdom of God. Kingdom means the dominion of the king. There is no place for fear in the kingdom. The Apostle Paul said the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but it is righteousness, peace. What is peace? It's the absence of fear and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if you're in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is in you, that doesn't mean you won't feel the force or what Paul calls in, in 2 Timothy 1.7, a spirit of fear. It doesn't mean you won't feel that force coming against you. But what it does mean is that you have authority and power in you to resist that spiritual force. I had it come against me recently. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind you fear. You will not attach to me. Now, you may think, well, that's just not going to work. Try it. 
Because the kingdom of God, listen to me, is voice activated. It's voice activated. Your healing is voice activated. The promises are voice activated. When Jesus created, or when God created the world, the heaven and the earth, it was voice activated. He didn't think like be. He didn't uh, clap his heels together three times with ruby reds. He used his voice. The sword of the spirit is the word of God, voice. How did the men of old write the Bible? They heard it and recorded it. They heard Jesus speak. Listen, the only one that can read your thoughts legitimately is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Did you know the devil can't read your thoughts? He can read your actions. He can hear your words, but he can't read your mind. But by your actions and by your words. I mean, he's been around a long time, let's face it, longer than any of us have. So I have two women in my life that both avoided being murdered because they refused to fear. Now, that is significant. A young woman named Kelly Copeland, her daughter, was diagnosed with Neisseria meningitis, fatal. And uh, uh, several children at the school had contracted this Neisseria meningitis. They'd all died. The doctor came in with the report of the natural. Now, listen, a doctor's report is a fact. (laughs) The fact can kill you. But the truth is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So they told her, the fact. We're going to have to give her massive doses of antibiotics. She will most probably be blind and deaf or either or. And she came out to give the report to her parents and her sister who were waiting. And she gritted her teeth and she said, I refuse to fear. Now you're told something like that about your child. I don't know about you, but I would die for my children in an instant. I wouldn't have to think about it. I wouldn't have to say, well, let me consider. I'll get back to you. I mean, would you? She refused to fear. And that young woman is alive and well. She can hear, she can see. She's perfectly fine. Fear is a magnet. And it requires fear for it to connect. So I want to urge you with all of my being, no matter what, to refuse to fear. Or to say, are you kidding me? Because it's not happening. It's not happening on my watch. I refuse to fear. It doesn't mean you won't feel it. It's a spiritual force. I can come blow on you and you're going to feel it, but you're not going to turn into my breath, (laughs) right? So what I want to end by talking to you about is the voice of God. How many of you love to hear his voice? Throughout scripture, when the Lord spoke, one of the first things he ever said was what? Fear not. I mean, his presence is powerful, 
if an angel ever appeared to you, you'd probably get nervous. I heard the testimony in the pulpit. I'm sitting on the front row of a man that an angel of the Lord appeared to him when he was seven years old to speak his destiny. He's in heaven now, this gentleman is. And this angel, and he said he was huge, appears to him and speaks destiny on him. And he said to him, the Lord says to not be afraid, and I love you. And this little seven-year-old boy says, are you ready? Well, if you love me, don't ever appear to me again. (laughs) And he fulfilled his destiny. The Virgin Mary, when Gabriel appeared to her, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be to all people. He'll always tell you to fear not. But here's the deal. God is love. And there is no fear in love. That doesn't mean you don't have a profound reverence for God. Otherwise, don't it's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not a spirit of fear. The fear of the Lord is a profound reverence for God. I love the way Rick Godwin explains it. You ever been in your car and behind you, you can see the cherry top? Are you going to speed off? (laughs) I mean, your foot will hit that brake faster than your foot can move. Or you're driving along, cruising over the speed limit, and you all of a sudden see SAPD tracking. Do you slow down instinctively? What is that? That is a reverence for the authority they carry. And he explains that that's like the fear of the Lord. You are so conscious of the presence of God that you're going to obey him because you respect who he is, his power, his authority, and his love. I was thinking of two examples this morning in my own life. The day my father had a fatal fall and my mother called beyond hysterical and and screaming that your dad has fallen, I can't get get him up. He's in a pool of blood and hung up, knew my mother is deaf, and I knew she hadn't called EMS, so I did. And if you've ever had to call EMS, I hope you haven't. I hope you never have to, but they don't let you off the phone till they get all the information that they need. And so when I finally got off the phone, I started to take authority over death. And I remember, I, I can still, I was sitting on my, the stool in my bathroom just getting ready to put on my clothes. And I started to say, in the name of Jesus, I bind death. And before, and, and I just said, in the, and I heard the voice of the Lord say, I'm taking your dad home today. His time on earth is done. And I stopped. There was no fear. Why? You need to hear this because God is love and there is no fear in love, 1 John 4. So I wasn't afraid. And I came upon a very gruesome sight. I've told you about it before. It was gruesome. I had no fear because I heard the voice of love. Last chosen, 2022, right? Yes. 2022, I was speaking. I looked in the audience and I saw my little sister who's now with the Lord. And I remember when I saw her, I heard the voice of peace say, This will be her last chosen. I wasn't afraid. Why? 
there is no fear in love. When love speaks to you, love will tell you to not be afraid. Love will minister peace to you. If you get any kind of report, whether it's about a child, about yourself, about your finances, about the economy, about the world, if fear tries to attach itself to you, that's not the voice of love. So Sunday at church, somebody, a precious new comer to our staff, did the chosen video. She didn't know me or my sister. And front and center on the screen, some of you might have seen it, there was my sister. And she's praying and she's got her, her silver hair. It had grown back after chemo and, of course, it grew back. A beautiful, beautiful color of silver. And it, it didn't affect me. I was surprised. But I had peace. But I got a text from one of my daughters. She was beside herself. She said, I'm so upset right now. I want to leave. Who would do that? Who would put Aunt Kathy on the screen like that? I mean, she was bigger than life on the screen. And I texted her back. I said, I'll find out. I said, I guarantee you whoever did that did not know. And I was right. But when I heard the voice, this will be her last chosen, there was no fear. You know why? Because our Father is love. And perfect love cast out fear. And I'm here to tell you today, whose voice are you listening to? Because if you hear fear, know this. Stop right away. I mean right away. Stop in your tracks and say no. That is not the voice of peace. The voice of peace may not, I mean, what was the Lord telling me on both occasions? They're both going to heaven. Well, that's not the worst thing that can happen to anybody. That's the best thing. In the case of my sister, it was, it was too soon. It was too soon. She was only 64 years young. She had a lot of life to live. See her grandchildren grow up and get married, and I'm getting ready to watch my oldest grandchild get married. And you pray for me because it's like, I wait a minute, I'm her mother, not her grandmother. This cannot happen. It's, it's too quick. <laughs> but life is a vapor. It appears for a moment and vanishes away. That's why we have to enjoy every day. But I'm here to tell you, even if it's not what you want to hear, when the Lord speaks to you, there will be peace. Perfect love cast out fear. If there's fear and paralyzation involved, take authority over it. Just say in Jesus' name, what are the keys of the kingdom? Whatever you bind on earth must be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I like the way the Amplified Classic says it. Whatever you bind on earth and declare to be unlawful must be what is bound and unlawful in heaven. Fear is unlawful in heaven. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. But you know what? I can give you the key to my house but I can't make you let yourself in. Jesus has given us the key to the kingdom, binding and loosing. Whatever you loose, declare to be lawful on earth, must be lawful in heaven. 
What is lawful in heaven? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those things are lawful. Declare them on earth. Bring peace wherever you go. Refuse to fear. My two friends would be dead right now if they had yielded to the fear. I've I'm, I'm no doubt about it. Well, with Margie, <laughs> he told her he would have killed her. This guy came to kill her on an ultimatum. You're breaking up with me, you die, I die. I mean, was this on the news and stuff when it happened? No. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me that. But I'm telling you, the enemy's motive was to kill her because he wanted to shut her mouth. He wanted to shut her mouth. And you can see, I mean, when she told me she was five feet tall, I went that because she has a big presence and a presence of authority. And I said, that can't be. And she goes, well, I mean, you've got on, what are those 10 inches? <laughs> <laughs> and you can rock it. That's really cool. I'd be falling over. So I want to close with a scripture that I'm sure you know. First of all, let's review. When the serpent, Satan, came to Eve in the Garden of Eden, what was the first thing he said to her? Quote it to me. Has God said? Now we know that if she had answered correctly, yes, get out. Better yet, if her husband had done his job, he had a job to tend garden, keep the garden. And he was right there, right? Adam was there. We know that. Because she ate the fruit and did what? She gave it to her husband with her. He was standing there the whole time. Checking her out. Because remember, when he saw Eve, he said, you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I mean, he, he was enamored with her. So he just let the serpent deceive her, even though he wasn't deceived. And he chose woman over the Lord God Almighty. Because of those three words, has God said. I want to show you the reversal of that in Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good and fulfill it? Right there, it's reversed. Has God said? And in this passage, has he said? Oh, yes, he has. And he'll do it. He's spoken. He will fulfill it. It's our job to see to it. Because the kingdom of God is voice activated. Not fear activated, voice activated. So I really want to encourage you today, if you struggle with a spirit of fear over anything, your children, your health, your finances, your relationships, your job, the world. I have people contact me all the time about the world. And I go, I don't know. I don't watch the news. It doesn't mean that I'm ignorant. I know what's going on. But I know 
on whose shoulders the government rests. And I know, Isaiah 9, that of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. And this is what I know. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that and that alone shall he reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. And he who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap life. That's what I know. So I'm not worried about the conspiracies and all the other things. I'm not worried about it. I don't think about it. I pray because God is not mocked. And he, he does have the last word. But he's waiting for his church, his ecclesia to rise up and pray. People call by his name to humble themselves, pray and seek his face and turn from our wickedness. He will hear from heaven, forgive our sin and heal our land. So I say to you today, if this nation is not healed, it's on us. It's on us. It's not on the wicked. It's not on those who are perverting justice. Whoever they are, God knows who they are. I'm not pointing fingers. But it's on us to pray. It's on us to bless what God blesses, the nations he blesses. To pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's on us. So I just want to encourage you, don't get into fear about what you hear on the news. If you can't take it, don't read it. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.